Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Back at It. Here's my co-host Anna. Hey, what's up guys? Glad to be here. And today we have our awesome guest, Vivian. What is up world? Hey. <laughs> Excuse my man-sounding voice, but this is the voice that I've been born with, so let's do it. (laughs) It's so awesome. It's so unique. Thank you. I appreciate it. I don't hear that that enough. (laughs) Rock that voice. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. To all the man... The man voice, <laughs> <Wait>. bitches. <laughs> These are for all y'all. This is for you guys. <laughs> Gotta make your own club. <laughs> for real, for real. Yeah, Vivian, do you want to share a little bit about um, some things that you're really passionate about and maybe a bit of your background? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, honestly, you guys, I would like to say that I'm passionate about so many things, but at the same time, like I'm not, you know what I mean? And um, I don't want to get too like crazy into it because we'll probably get into that a little bit later. But um, overall, this sounds kind of cliche, but I'm just really passionate about helping people. I'm actually really passionate about my job right now in marketing and um, just running my own business as an entrepreneur, just because my dad's an entrepreneur himself. He owns a farm in Georgia right now, which is like totally opposite of what he did. Um, So I was born in the Silicon Valley um, in California. And, you know, he had his own tech firm, his own seven figure tech business. And then after a while, it just didn't go too well. And he ended up having to dissolve the company. My life flipped around like a little bit (laughs) or a lot bit. (laughs) I guess you could say. So, you know, a little bit of riches to rags, opposite of rags to riches kind of story. Um, And then from there, basically, I just lived with my mom for a while, even though I was, you know, I've always been really close to my dad still. Um, Mm -hmm. After they separated, literally everything just kind of just went to shit, you know, like um, I was 10 years old. My dad's company wasn't doing that well. And then my mom left him and all this stuff. And then my mom and I moved to Sacramento, which is so boring. I I mean, okay, not, not to give too much shade on Sacramento, but I hated it there. And so I knew I had to move. So I moved to LA for a bit, stayed there for eight years. And now I'm in Brooklyn, New York. And it's been a journey, you guys. I've had multiple career changes. I was a wow. fashion designer for a bit. And then after that, I hated it. And then I went over to finance because that's what my parents wanted me to do. And then I realized I also hated that. Um, had some really big accomplishment, though, not to brag too hard. But my my face was like plastered in Times Square, like at the NASDAQ what? Center. Yeah. Oh. And so that was that was pretty dope. Dang, um, for what? Just for like, just to represent um, the closing bell ceremony. So... The top 3,000 American stocks just, um, you know, celebrating that closing bell. And so I was up there with my company doing that. And then um, I I was like, okay, I made it. Now I can quit and fuck the shit, you know? (laughs) Now I can quit. Um, And then I went to a rave in Amsterdam. Well, not Amsterdam, but a beach nearby Amsterdam. And I realized that my passion was in electronic music. And I've been a raver since I was like 
19, 20 years old, you guys. And I'm Let's go. Now. Wow. So it's been like a decade, you know? Um, Literally. And then I realized that I was really passionate about that. And so I pursued a career in that for a bit. Realized how broke <laughs> of a career that was. And, you know, <laughs> I, I came across this advertisement, um, a marketing course from this Vietnamese guy named Danny Tran. Shout out to my mentor. You. And the rest is history. It's a year later. Um, oh my God, you guys, my Siri just went on. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. No, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, so a year later, um, you know, I just, yeah, it's, it's been a ride. It's now I have a marketing business. Um, and we basically do lead generation services for people in the weight loss space. And we run Facebook and Instagram ads. And so a ton of people are already doing this since the pandemic. They're like, oh, yeah, let me start an online business, you know. So it's pretty typical, but mm -hmm. it's making quite good money so far. Like I'm able to pay rent um, wow. and all this stuff. And I was struggling with rent for a long time. I even resorted to, you know, being an amateur porn star for a few months um, and sold some porn, sold some nudes and just paid for rent for a few months. Um, along with my marketing course, I paid for my marketing course with nudes. Um, <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's been a journey, you guys. And it's just only up from here, you know, like I'm trying to build a health wellness marketing empire now. And so you know, baby steps, but we're getting there. And it's only been the first year um, with my new business wow. called Interstate Media. And so, yeah, it's only up from here, you guys. It's been a journey for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, you've been around. You've been so many different things, experiencing. Um, yeah, I want to know, like, what, what about the journey? Um, was there a point that was like, really low? Like, and how would, how did you get out of that? Oh my God, you guys. Was there like a there, low point? Yeah. There have been, yes, so many low points, right? And that's right. just life, right? And I think the mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing about um, the low points is that there are always high points to counteract that low, you know? Mm -hmm. And I've been mm -hmm. through a lot of low points. Personally, um, I remember I was just extremely depressed being in finance, even though I was making a lot of money. I just felt so empty and I felt like I was selling my soul to like the corporate devil or whatever. <laughs> and I reached an all time low because I just wasn't happy. You know, I wasn't happy with it. I've also reached another low when I felt like I couldn't resort to anything but porn. Um, mm. And then of course I had all of these ex-boyfriends of mine that uh, made me feel, well, they didn't, I don't want to say that they made me feel that way. I just, it, you know, I take full responsibility for my feelings. Right. And I just felt very insecure with them. And, you know, I struggled with a lot of lows with my exes and my relationship. And so there have definitely been so many lows. And when you're at that point, it's like, it's really, truly rock bottom, right? Like, you cry, you release all these emotions, you literally feel like there is absolutely no hope. And so mm. I would say that the one or two percent that you might have in terms of hope is going to turn into that 99 percent 
that gets you out of that hole, you know, and, and it's really important mm -hmm. to have all of your close friends, your family, your partner, if you have one, anyone that's really supportive of you to really get you out of that and to continue to just, you know, help you and, and help guide the way. And if it wasn't for, for sure. my mentors this year, I don't think I would have been able to just regain the confidence that I have, you know, it's, it's been a hot mm -hmm. ride <laughs> and I'm sure it's been for all of us during this freaking pandemic. Like what the heck? <laughs> Definitely. And during those low points, I know you said it's counteracted by high points and surround being surrounded with the people that you love will ultimately get you out of it. But when during that phase, when you experienced those, how exactly did you react? Just experiencing, I mean, when I was at my lowest of lows, which is, which has been, you know, multiple times throughout my life, right? It's never mm -hmm. like, oh my God, this is the lowest it's going to get. Like, no, there's a chance that it could possibly go lower than that, you know, wow. sure. um, in, in the grand scheme of things, um, it genuinely feels lonely. It genuinely feels lonely, you know, mm -hmm. it feels super lonely. Um, and yeah, there's just no way to really get out of it without somebody, somebody that believes in you, you know, and at least from my experience, because I grew up like pretty awkward and I didn't have very many friends and mm -hmm. everyone just thought I was this like weirdo and. I was really obese at one point. I was overweight um, mm -hmm. for as long as I could remember. And I remember I, oh, I actually have never shared this before, um, but I became anorexic as a teenager at one point because oh, all the boys wouldn't stare at me because I was fat. And I was like, well, if I want any kind of attention from anybody, then I need to be this skinny little stick you know you guys remember right. like the early 2000s where mm -hmm. everyone's trying to look like twiggy or you know whatever icon <laughs> is out there yeah that's super skinny yeah. like nicole richie paris hilton mm. and that's what everybody wanted to look like and so i felt like i needed to assimilate so I just didn't, I wouldn't eat. I was like, nah, I don't feel like eating. <laughs> like my parents would be like, why aren't you eating? You've literally had half a meal all day long. And I was like, no, I'm not hungry. When in actuality, I was like starving. But my mental state told me like, no, you can't eat. Like you need to be skinny or else everyone's going to hate you. Like how they did when you were a kid, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like I digressed a bit there. Um, but yeah, like when you're at that oh, point, it's all. like, PTSD, right? Like, oh yeah. shit, the shit's about to happen, happen to me again. once again. Like, I'm the failure right. that I've always destined to become. Like, this is my journey, right? Like, I'm, uh, I'm like basically fulfilling the stereotype of a failure. Um, no. and that's really heavy. Yeah, that, actually, that eats you. That eats you. Right. Up. Actually, you know how our podcast is about mental health and failure so that's perfect like what you were talking about yeah um yeah can you talk a little yeah. bit more about like you were saying failure and how like what does that look like and how 
is it okay to be like not be a failure but it's, it's okay to fail right there's a difference yes so i think it took me a long time <laughs> to <laughs> actually become comfortable with failure and if it wasn't for me failing so many goddamn times and getting back up i wouldn't have cherished failure as much as i do now right like right. as of now i feel like you have to face failure to actually be able to succeed and to actually be happy for sure otherwise mm. you're just going to be stagnant the entire time and not even understand what happiness means like you're just kind of like chilling and like skimming the surface mm. you know but i honestly feel like failure um no matter what kind of magnitude it's at and that's subjective you know varying from person to person mm -hmm. um with that failure you're able to build resilience so that when Oof. shit hits the fan you're like i got this shit i got my shield on like i could face <laughs> anything that i want to in this world you know so without right. failure there's no success in my opinion wow something that i thought of today was like don't um pray for an easy life pray for the strength to endure one and so thinking Ooh. about like right like yeah you could things could be easy but you're just gonna be straight it's good first it's gonna be boring and second you're not gonna grow so like as much as it sucks right like the growing pain it's very necessary and like you said resilience bounce back <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah you what about you david to, what do but... you think yeah no i definitely agree and Actually, I do have a question on that for you, Vivian. Like, yeah, you mentioned before, like, when you experience those low points, it's like when you experience, like, a cycle of it, it's you meant you were meant to be a failure. How did you kind of switch gears and change that mentality of, oh, I'm experiencing this, I my life is meant to be a failure, to, oh, well, this obstacle will just give me added resilience, and mm -hmm. added strength to conquer another one. How did you change that mentality? This is such a great question because I feel like we don't examine how we get out of this funk enough. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, my boyfriends told me this and I, I follow Jay Shetty. Do you guys know Jay Shetty? He's like my favorite. Um, he used to be a monk and now he's just like, he has this concept where he makes wisdom go viral uh, and wow. he, he, he teaches all of these things to the general populace um, mm -hmm. from when he was at the ashram, you know, as a monk. Right. And so something that he's always taught is to always look at how far you've come. When you look right. at how far you've come and when you examine your successes that actually makes you believe like, oh shit, wait, like I'm a badass, you know, like I got this, like I've done X, Y, and Z. I've gone through anorexia. I've gotten out of this uncomfortable finance job that society makes up to be this like perfect career, mm -hmm. you know, I've done all mm -hmm. sorts of shit. And when you realize how far you've come and when you realize that you have been able to go through all of these hurdles in the past, especially as an adult, you look back and you're like, oh shit, like, damn, I could do whatever I want. I could get through this. And so mm -hmm. I think that's a really good way to look at it, right? I think right. looking at your positive experiences and looking at all of your accomplishments 
even if it's something as little as like I got a B plus on an English paper and in the past I got like a D or a C minus or whatever. Um, <laughs> that's that's a great accomplishment, you know, right. and, and we really need to just take the time to evaluate what our accomplishments are to remind us that we are truly resilient and we are truly badass people. <laughs> we are truly badass people. Bad Hell badass. yeah. <laughs> badass AF. <laughs> B-A-A-F. Bath. Yes. <laughs> Bath. Don't people say like the B-A-M-F or whatever? <laughs> we just say B-A-A-F. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's like the new that. version, right? New and improved. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, you guys, like, I just personally feel like mental health especially nowadays it's becoming this really strange thing where it's i don't want to say it's being commercialized but it's being mm. social medialized if that makes any sense right oh definitely like, you see all of these like infographics on instagram and you see all of these people preaching like protect your mental health take care of your mental health but people don't touch on the bad shit they don't touch yep. on the fact that you are going to be a failure to yourself at given points in your life. Right. And that is totally normal. That's fine. And what we need to do as a society, in my opinion, is to normalize failure. Hey. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay to fail. It's okay to not know what the fuck you're doing because let's be real. Nobody yes. knows what the fuck they're doing. We're all just <laughs> pretending that we know and we're acting like we're so cool, but we're all in this hellhole together called life and it's chill, you know? And to be able to understand that we are all just living on this earth trying to figure shit out, mm -hmm. it makes us realize that it's okay to fail. We're all doing it. Mm -hmm. It's okay to not have the answers to everything. Nobody has the answers, right? Yeah. For sure. And together, we can just kind of come together and realize that, hey, we, maybe we can try to come up with some shit that will be helpful. And that's really all that we need to do to be a functional society, you know? And I think um, when you look at all of these infographics, I don't know about you guys, but to me, it actually makes me more depressed sometimes. I'm like, what the fuck does like self-care mean like and you know what i mean and, yeah. and that's a big thing too it's like I, sometimes it gives me anxiety to look and be like oh shit like i have to put a face mask on or like what if what if i don't have like the best quality face mask oh or whatever you know <laughs> yeah. or like or you know what i mean and so i think sure. that um that's a good segue into health and wellness right Right. is being able to promote health and wellness because that's something that I'm starting to get a lot bigger on. Mm -hmm. I'm not the best. Don't get me wrong. I, I am vegan, but I'm like the, the unhealthiest vegan in this entire world. Like, <laughs> I eat like all these vegan pastries and these vegan, you know, snacks mm -hmm. all the time and totally bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the point is, is that I feel like a lot of the way that we feel and how we react is is based on what we eat sometimes you know like 
Oh yeah. Um, and and we don't really even think about how that deters our thinking sometimes. And I'm not here to preach like, okay, everybody should eat healthy all their lives or whatever. Um, but it is important to eat healthy, at least like sometimes, you know? Right. And, and that way we're able to mentally focus better, you know? And girl, I don't, and David, I don't even <laughs> want to get into what I'm about to talk about right now. But you guys, you guys know, like we've talked about this um, offline, how fast food restaurants are a lot cheaper than being you know or than eating all organic foods at the grocery store right and you said that groceries and i remember you said that the u.s is out to to get us because of that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel that way strongly because you know if you guys really think about it like this world the healthcare industry does not profit unless you are sick Mm -hmm. so what can we do as a country to make sure that your ass is in the hospital bed as much as possible until you possibly die and then when you die the funeral industry makes money because you get dug under you know a freaking tombstone that costs ten thousand dollars right so (laughs) yeah Yeah, and so I think in order for us to become mentally healthy and healthy as a society and as an economy in general is to take care of our minds by eating the right foods because a lot of it has to do with our gut, you know? Um, For sure. But that's just, yeah, that's just, yeah, that's that's it. And yeah, exactly. And let me tell you, I should not be preaching about health and wellness because my gut is not the healthiest and I don't know why. And that's the other thing too. A lot of doctors that you'll go to, they'll be like, oh, you just need to take these antibiotics for like two weeks Uh and you're good. And this Mm -hmm. has happened to me, I don't know, 11, 12 times. And I'm still taking the same shit. I'm still having the same issues with my gut. And nobody's telling me the truth. So the best thing that I can do is you know, get like a freaking piece of broccoli and eat it like once a day or, you know, get some spinach <laughs> or some kind of green so that I can actually like properly take a shit and <laughs> hopefully the rest will resolve itself. Right. And so um, I think at the end of the day, if you truly feel good about what you're eating, if you truly feel healthy, the mental health thing will follow, you know, Mm. Um, and a lot of the time we don't think about that. You know what I mean? Like we, we don't think about it. Uh, and don't get me wrong. Um, when I was eating meat, I really loved eating all you can eat Korean barbecue and I love, well, anything, all you can eat. I was like, let's do it. Let's eat until we pass out. (laughs) (laughs) Making work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Make it worth the money. Right. Cause shit ain't cheap. And, um, yeah. And then I, I never thought about how, like, I I was actually like excited to feel sluggish after, like, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna eat this shit. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna pass out early. It's gonna be a good time, you know? (laughs) Right. And I didn't realize how much it affected my mental health the next day. Like the next day I was like, why do I feel so exhausted? Like, I'm so tired. I'm so groggy. I don't know what to do. 
Yeah. And it becomes this whole cycle where we don't even realize like what we're putting into our bodies actually really affects our mental state. For sure. Um, For sure. Biology. Break down. Mitochondria. For real, right? And sorry, you guys. I feel like I'm like going off on so many tangents. Um, But yeah, I think it's a huge thing. And I'm honestly not the best at it. I'm trying to be better about it because I do want to practice what I preach a lot more. Mm. Um, And... I stopped eating meat earlier this year. So it was like a pandemic thing. It was a pandemic (laughs) choice. Um, It was something that I always wanted to do for such a long time. Right. But I just never got to doing it. And you guys, I've actually like gained weight. (laughs) Like a lot of people are like, oh, you're probably going to lose so much weight. And like a lot of people ask me like, oh, like, you know, have you lost any weight? Do you feel better? And the answer is like, yeah, I still feel like I actually do feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. However, because it's very like soy based and very, you know, like fake meat based, I think my stomach has issues with processing that. Ooh. And Aww. so even to this day, I'm still like, mm, I don't think I'm doing the shit right, you know? So, and I also want to debunk that, right? Like, yeah, just because you're vegan does not mean you are healthy. Like, you got to do what's best for your body. So, um, and I won't even lie. And honestly, like, most vegans will not admit to this. But, like, I'm about to admit that shit right now. Like, when I was eating fish and meat, Mm -hmm. I felt way healthier than how I feel right now, you know? And I I do think I'm taking a toll on my mental health personally. And... I think it's because I'm not eating enough, like, protein, and I try to, but, like, the soy, like, fucks my shit up, and so I'm just debunking the whole uh, mentality that people have, like, that all vegans are healthy. It's not true. It's Mm -hmm. very dependent on your body, you know, Mm. and so I'm still personally trying to... Mm -hmm. Everyone's body is totally different, and so I'm still trying to figure my shit out and figure out if this is, like actually sustainable for me and you know i i did do it for the moral aspect of it um but it has been very difficult for me personally to be able to sustain that Mm -hmm. so we'll see we'll see what happens you guys (laughs) stay tuned (laughs) stay tuned guys we'll get back to you (laughs) so you mentioned um um, er earlier that you're really passionate about what you do now right like marketing um that's really cool because like you know, you went through so many career changes. Do you feel like you're at a good spot right now? Um, and what advice would you give people who are in this stage of not knowing, like, oh, what exactly they want to do with their lives? And they're kind of, maybe they even hate their finance job, you know? What mm, would you, mm-hmm. yeah, share with them? Ooh, oh, this is a hard question because I'm very impulsive when it comes to all of my decisions and I don't think things through, which I honestly don't think is the best advice, but (laughs) it's been working for me. It's like, just follow your heart truly. Don't let your brain do too much for the work because your brain is going to tell you no. And your brain Mm. is going to instill this fear in you saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I think a lot of people know what they're passionate about. They know deep down inside what makes them happy and what they can do more of. 
but they're afraid to turn that into a career, right? right? And so a lot of the time you just have to just go for it and try. Um, I remember when I quit my job in finance to pursue a career in the EDM music industry. I was like, whatever, this is a batshit idea, but I have some savings. So why not just go with it and see what happens? And yes, I think people are afraid of running out of money in which I resorted to porn. Right. And I'm not saying that this is going to be everybody's life path, but (laughs) I figured it out was the point. And I think sometimes we just have to let go of our fears. Like if you let your fears go, you're just going to be able to conquer the world. Like, and, and the universe will catch you. I'm about to get hippie woo-woo right now because I'm about that said. life. Yep, I'm about that woo-woo life. And <laughs> so ready. if you let go of whatever you're afraid of, if you let go of being afraid to fail and you just go for it and do it, you live so much more of a fulfilling, interesting life and you're able to tell better stories and you're able to build even more resilience, right? We talked about resilience a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think people just need to trust their gut and trust their hearts, you know? And when you follow your heart and you're like, hey, let's do this, um, you gravitate more towards others that are aligned with your purpose. So that's just mm-hmm. the way that I see that. Yeah. Follow that heart, yo. Your heart knows what's up. Your brain, your ego is like, mm, I don't know if that's a good idea. Or mm, based on the experiences that you had in the past of people doubting you, mm-hmm. your brain gets triggered when your heart wants to do something. And your brain is almost like a jail cell for your heart sometimes. Oh, definitely. But when you let the heart break out of that shit and like break out of that jail cell your brain actually follows your heart because it starts to try to chase the heart to trap it, right? Right. So when the heart leads the rest of your mind and body, you become a lot happier and you become more fulfilled. And yeah, the journey is not easy. Following your passion is not an easy thing. That's something else that we need to debunk. People don't just shit money out of their ass you know like they work really hard to become millionaires and yeah they work really hard to become um you know passionate about their careers and they work hard to follow their dreams and it's a lot of hard work as well but knowing that it's going to be a lot of hard work going Mm -hmm. into that mindset knowing like this is about to be some shit but I have my armor and I'm ready for it, will prepare you for that next step on your life journey. Yeah, I think that mentality of like knowing it's going to be challenging. And like you said, putting on your armor, whether whatever that looks like to you, right? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and battle. <laughs> yeah, just go out there and battle like 300 that shit, you know? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. It's part of that yeah. shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't want anyone to die, right? And yes, 300 is oh, a little bit intense. Gosh. But what will die is the fear that's yeah. instilled in you. So you're just battling fear after fear. I'll give you guys a good example. So if uh, you, the people that are listening, hey, y'all, if you guys are also 
um, you know, Facebook and Instagram advertising marketers. And even if you're not, just know that dealing with Facebook advertising is a bitch and a half. They will literally <laughs> shut down your ads every other day so that you can't run ads for your clients. And it is literally oh, the man. most frustrating thing. And for a long time, I felt like I was selling a broken system. Um, and it really, really fucked with me. I was like, oh my God, why am I doing this? Um, and then I realized I just have to keep going, you know? Like if this shit is always going to happen, I'm going to keep fighting through it. Because I know that what I'm doing for my clients is actually helpful and aligned with my passion to be more well immersed in health and wellness. And because my clients are all advertising things in the weight loss space and we're helping them with that, it's very aligned. And um, that's the other thing that I want to bring up too is the fact that when you truly feel like you're helping people for mm -hmm. a greater purpose, that shit puts fuel to your fire, you know? Oh, it's definitely. something that's beyond yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's just a given. If you want to serve people, if you want to help people beyond your selfishness, you become selfishly selfless. That's something that I've, um, I pretty much have brought up in the past with myself, is to become selfishly selfless. Because if you mm. are selfishly wanting to help other people yes that's selfish of you but you're also being selfless because it's not about you at the end of the day right it's about helping others get through their shit which naturally and ultimately makes you feel better and it makes you happier right and i don't know about you guys but i get like withdrawals when i don't help people like I'm always fiending for some shit to help people when I feel like I haven't helped people enough. Like it actually makes me feel really depressed. Like the other day I was like, damn, I haven't gone out to actually volunteer for, um, you know, those free services with New York cares and New York cares is this huge organization where, um, it's this huge organization that, allows for you to just easily help other people in need mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god i haven't done something with new york hairs in like three years and i started freaking out i was like getting withdrawals you know <laughs> <laughs> and i would rather be addicted to wanting to help people versus like drugs because i have mm -hmm. had cocaine addictions before you guys i've been mm -hmm. very addicted to drugs before and that mm -hmm. led me down a pretty bad path uh, my friends almost wanted to have an intervention with me, but now I'm like, you know what? Like, I would like for people to be like, Vivian, you're helping people too much. You know, <laughs> like, like think yeah. about that as a drug addiction, right? Like make right. helping people your addiction. And at least that will give you a dopamine high that serves other people. Mm. And it'll make you less depressed. So it's counteractive to an actual drug addiction, right? For sure. So, yeah. I yeah. Think so. mm -hmm. I think actually I've experienced that like um, last winter. I was feeling really down. And then my church has VBS winter. So it's like the kids go there. They sing songs, learn about Jesus. And um, they asked me to volunteer if I wanted to. And I was like, yeah, I guess. Like I have to wake up early and like I'm not feeling so hot myself. But actually like when I went there and not focus on myself and 
you know, being with those kids and volunteers, like, I actually felt so much better, like, after that week. I was like, yes. Wow. You know? Yeah, exactly. Outside right? yourself. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, you, because you don't worry, you're not worried about yourself. Like, and when you distract your mind to helping other people, all is good in the world. <laughs> you can't go wrong. You really can't. Yeah. Just like also want to encourage those out there. Like even if you're feeling like you're going through such a hard time and you may feel like you're worthless or, you know, like you still bring a lot of value just by existing. Just want to remind you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Just by existing and just by being yourself. And that's the other thing too, right? We get afraid to be ourselves. Definitely. We get afraid to like burp and fart in front of <laughs> our date or whatever. And... Let me tell y'all, when I'm going on a first date with anybody, I'm burping and farting like the yes. 20 to 30 minutes that I am there. I'm like, look, if you can't handle my burping and farting right now, what makes me think you're going to be able to handle my shit in the future? <laughs> you know? Definitely a good you point. Gotta, I mean, I'm not saying like force your fart out. Or like that <laughs> you're like, your oh, I date. have to fart now. <laughs> but if it comes out, like let that shit rip and like... <laughs> I remember I, you know, we, we've been taught as a society that, oh, that's not very proper. That's Is not that very ladylike. ladylike. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Right. And so when I was younger, I was like, I got to hold my fart in. I got to hold my fart in. And I actually ended up getting hemorrhoids. You guys. Oh, no. Oh my. I was holding. I know. I'm like literally no filter right now. Literally. Um, yeah. And I, I was. My, I went to my doctor and my doctor's like, girl, you need to not hold your farts in. That is not healthy. You just have to <laughs> let it rip. It's let just it nature. Rip. Like, it's just letting out your bodily, you know, gas and your bodily nastiness. Would you rather keep that in your body or would you rather let it out, right? Um, and so ever since then, I've just been burping and farting like crazy with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. That's bold. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just hard. Cause like at work in a professional setting, like, you know, it's like, you can't really, well, you, you, you know, you scan the mood, right? You scan the environment and like, where yeah. Oh right my now. gosh. That's hard. Yeah. I remember my, my, uh, this guy, my coworker, my ex coworker next to me, we were like really close friends. He would fart so much and his fart would smell so bad and he would not tell anybody. And I would call him out. I'd be like, did you just <laughs> fart right now? And he'd be like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, like, why did you not prepare <laughs> to tell us what was coming, you know? How would you, how would you um, prepare your friend? Like, hey, uh, you know, I'm about to rip. Like, how do you... I don't know. I don't even... Sometimes, like... I mean, I literally tell them, like, right before. I'm like, hey, I'm about to fart right now. I'm or, like, weak. if I... If there's enough space for me to move, move far or... away, like, three or four... Maybe not three or four. Maybe, like, five or six feet away, minimum. Six at minimum. feet distance. Yes, exactly. Socially distance, like, times 50. Um, then I'll be, like hey, I need a fart, and then I'll just go over there. <laughs> go over there yonder, and then just fart. And then <laughs> I'll like come back. And it's cool. 
Because at least, like, you're warning them and you're being considerate. Like, hey, I'm just letting you know I'm going to fart over here and it's probably going to smell. So get the fuck away from me for, like, three minutes. <laughs> and then you just, like, let it, you just let it go out into the earth, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're being considerate and real at the same time. That's how you function in society. When I, it's um... true. That balance of being considerate and real. Exactly. Like, that's how you function in society. <laughs> Truer true. words cannot be said, David. <laughs> Consider it and real. Yeah, when I burp, I just um I try to hide in my my arms so it looks like I'm doing a dab, but I'm just trying to hide. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. I always burp on my arm. Sometimes I don't though. Like if I'm at home, I'll burp. Yeah, I'm you sure let it my go. roommates have heard me burp and fart super duper loud. They're used to it at this point. Sometimes I run to my room if I need to fart. You know. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. This amazing topic. I know, right? Listeners. Let me bring up one more thing Go. about about Farts. farting. <laughs> Even the word sounds Look, funny. If y'all trying to go vegan, just FYI, your first month is gonna be a shit Farty. show. Okay, literally, <laughs> literally, like because your body is not used to absorbing a shit ton of vegetables, it's gonna go like, "What the fuck are you doing to me?" And what you for all the vegans out there, you guys already know that this is the case. You will literally start burping and farting so much to the point that it hurts. Oh my God. This is only the first month though. Like after the first month, it's fine. But like it got to a point where I was farting so much. Like I was farting every like five to 10 minutes. And what? it was so bad to the point that my room smelt like <laughs> rotten eggs oh my god for a whole month and every time i would go into the kitchen and go back into my room it would smell rotten eggs and i would feel so stinky like oh my god i smell so bad like this is seriously huh? the worst shit ever and then month two rolls around and your body's used to it and then you're fine but that first month is oh my god it's so hard it's like seriously the biggest obstacle because you're living in your own fart and <laughs> it's kind of funny like after a while you kind of get used to it you're like you kind of like like the smell almost like oh yeah like this is this is the process you guys like this is good you know and then after a while you're like okay this is like getting too much like why does my room smell like fucking rotten eggs like i went vegan All i don't need shit to smell like eggs um <laughs> So after month one, you just get used to it. <laughs> I think this just will motivate, FYI. yeah, those uh, who's thinking about becoming vegan. Y'all have been warned. Just get through, <laughs> get through month one, and you, you got this. It's just look, a month in the grand. Look how far you have come, right? Look, look back. Exactly. Get it? Exactly. Her, her, right? Yes, I love puns. Yeah, yo, you are so punny. Come on now. You're yeah. punny. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, hilarious. What was your bedtime yeah. again? Usually? My bedtime is at. It's around like, well, I normally get ready for bed at 8.30, but I don't really mm. sleep until 9.30. I have like this whole nighttime ritual. <laughs> that's, that's good, actually. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you turn mm -hmm. off your devices, do some mindfulness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have, um, I have this really annoying timer 
on my phone and it's linked to my laptop because I have a MacBook as well as an, an iPhone. Yes. And AirPods. Yes. Yeah. I'm an Apple cult member. Okay. Cult. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I have this setting where my phone shuts off, shuts everything off except my text messages and my calls in case there's some crazy emergency that happens with my family or my friends. Um, so I leave those two on, but everything else shuts off at 9 p.m. Wow. And then it doesn't open all of the apps back up again until 7.30. Now, this doesn't mean I'm sleeping from 9 p.m. to 7.30 a.m. Right at 9 p.m., you know, I'm, I'm just getting ready to go to bed. I read for half an hour. So I read a book for half an hour. No tech, none of that. And then at 9.30, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for bed. And then I go to bed from 9.30, and then I wake up at 5 a.m. Dang. So, yeah, it's like that 9 to 5 uh, work, but 9 to 5 sleep. sleep. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> but I'm trying to wake up even earlier, so I might actually try. Oh, my God. I sound like a freaking grandma. Um, I'm, I'm trying to sleep the at 8 p.m. and wake up at, like, 3.30 or 4. Wait, why? What are you going to do at 3.30? These- so I read all these books and like all these entrepreneurs get up super early. Like they get up at like three thirty or four a.m. And so I really want to test doing? that out. I don't know, but they have like a Bruh. morning routine, right? I know it's crazy. So let me break down my morning routine for you guys. So from five o'clock to five thirty, I'm like, you know, trying not to hit the snooze button. And then I get up, I brush my teeth, I wash my face. And then right at 5.30, I, met, I make my bed and then I meditate for a whole hour almost, 45 minutes to an hour. And then when I'm done meditating, I get changed and my roommate and I start working out at 6.30 for about half an hour. And this is all AM still. And so we'll work out, we'll do some crazy shit. And my roommate has like this crazy program um, that she bought that's really intense <laughs> like we sweat and we're like grunting and like oh my god it's so crazy every time and then after that you know i make my coffee or my tea i make my breakfast and then i go shower and then when i shower i eat my breakfast i read for another 30 minutes and then by 10 a.m i get to work and then i'm basically working and then i eat lunch at one i literally do the same thing every single weekday you guys like 10 o'clock, I'm working. 1 o'clock, I eat lunch. And then by 5.30, I eat dinner. Literally, Dang, that's Monday very consistent. Goodness. Yeah, and consistency and then weekends you go crazy. is the key. Well, that's... Yeah, weekends I kind of go crazy, but I'm not even, like, that crazy anymore because waves are not open in New York City and there's, mm-hmm. you know, nightlife is just donezo for the rest of 2020. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, even on the weekends, I try to sleep before midnight because I know I'm going to be too tired because I need to just keep the schedule regular enough so that it doesn't fuck me over when Monday rolls around when I have to wake up at 5 a.m. And so (laughs) consistency, I feel like, is really the key to keeping you grounded. And it really helps with mental health as well. And so being able to know what you're doing every single day it helps with it helps to have a routine to yeah. keep you grounded and to keep you focused like i know i'm doing exactly this at this time 
every single weekday. Yeah. And you your body gets the, used to it. Yeah, your body gets used to it. Like, dude, I normally take a shit at like 10 a.m., 10.30 a.m. every day. Because hey. I feel like my breakfast or whatever is like pushing it out, right? I'm weak. And literally every day, except today. Today's been weird, but um, every you, day, uh, you know. Later. Thank you. Thank you. I, well, I know. hopefully. It's if not, then tomorrow is morning, a new day. 10, 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you guys, like, I normally just, um, you know, like, I just stick to a routine and I try my best not to fall out of it. But even when I do fall out of it, I forgive myself. Like, hey, yes. it's okay to not be this strict on yourself on this day. It's okay you to have some all days. Chill. You know? yeah yeah and Breathe. it's cool like you just gotta get back up and do your shit when you're ready but it's totally fine and i think that's another thing too is if you get too caught up in a routine mm-hmm. then it starts to fuck with you if you don't keep up with it right and so yeah. just knowing that you can have your off days it's fine and then when you're ready it's to get human. back at it yeah you you become that much more stronger as a person and yeah that's that's basically just what it is and that's that's you know the best advice that I have. <laughs> <laughs> Get back up. Yeah, exactly. I know. Thank you. I mean, I'm. It's great. I've been hearing about pooping and vegan, <laughs> <laughs> smelling like fried eggs. But no, it's it's awesome. Vivian is is dope. Yeah. Oh her my awesome gosh. Voice, her energy, <laughs> her passions, her. I feel like yeah we. We've only talked twi- well, twice, right? The intro and this, but I feel like I've known, mm-hmm. like I've known so much about you. And then when we hang out, we'll be like, ho, 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 rotten eggs. Yeah. Go fart over there. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing too, right? Is promoting openness. Because the more open we are about shit like this, you guys, like the easier it's going to be to talk to other people, right? And the Definitely. easier it's going to be to make friends. And the easier it's going to be for us to just accept people for who they are. Versus like constantly judging them about something that they didn't do or something that they have done. And I feel like society as a whole is so clouded by judgment. Yeah. And whether we are admitting of it or not, we all fucking judge the fuck out of people. Like, let's yeah. <laughs> we judge the fuck out of people. We judge the fuck out of things, animate and inanimate. <laughs> and we gotta break out of that habit you know to be able to just love each other and to accept each other we just have to break out of that and i judge think yourself the more that we yeah before you judge and, others, or don't even and, judge others or don't even yeah and and i think the more used to it we become with being vulnerable and and open and accepting of ourselves the easier and the more nurturing we become when it comes to accepting other people. And we realize that it's actually really easy to love people. The only reason why it's hard to love people is because we're judging the fuck out of them. (laughs) But when we try our best to remove that, it actually becomes really easy, you know? And I know it's easier said than done, but just building that habit of non-judgment and building the habit of nurturing and caring about others makes us become more selfless. And it makes us feel that, you know, hey, we are capable of loving people and we are capable of surrounding ourselves with those that want to love us back. And with those people that get it. 
you know? Yeah. So yeah, let's let's make the world a better place by just simply doing that, right? To start. It's it's Definitely. such a simple concept, but it's it's a lot I I feel like it's very impactful. If we yeah. actually get the hang of being able to stop judging others, the world is ours together. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so corny. Oh my god, that was such a corny thing to say. But thank you for coming to Vivian's yes. talk, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Standing ovation, please. Vivian, actually, well, thank um... you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Just another question: What would you tell your 18 year old self? Um, <laughs> don't be a crazy bitch. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what I would tell my 18 year old self is, oh, this is a good one. Okay. Okay. This is a good one. So I wanted to be a fashion designer in high school. And the only reason why I wanted to be a fashion designer is because my friend in high school that I ran the fashion club with she was a fashion designer and I was, I idolized her and I wanted to be her really. And when I was 18 or actually 17 for that matter, I really wanted to go to fashion school. And so my mom, she sold her house uh, to pay for my tuition to go to fashion college. Dang. Wow. And yeah, I love my mom. She's seriously the shit. Um, so so is my dad. I'm dad, dad. grateful to have, sacrificial parents you know and Mm. and and we don't value that enough sometimes so i wrote them both letters last week i'm digressing but i wrote them both letters and i made them cry because i told them straight up like you know you guys don't hear this enough from all your kids but we appreciate you for x y and z and they both are like oh my god (laughs) Um, and so it's always good to remind our parents how much we love them because sometimes i feel like we take that for granted anyway uh, <laughs> 18 year old, 18 year old um, designer. Exactly. So, what I told my 18 year old self is to not follow the path of others, but to follow your own path. Yeah. Like, be your individual follow your self. Own path. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be inspired by others, but don't try to live their life. You know, you are your unique person. For real. Exactly. Like, there's not going to be another Vivian, okay? Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. close. Or, you know, there's not going to be another David or Anna, you know? Like, okay, granted, we all have names where other people do possess, like, that's LOL. Real. But, you know, like... Never met a Raffinon. We're all, our... <laughs> <laughs> we're all our own person. And I think that's something that not just our 18-year-old should understand, but this is something we should be passing on to kids, right? Be your damn motherfucking self. And if you want to go draw, you know, shit on the wall, fuck it. Just go draw shit on the wall. We'll just paint over later. Like, who cares? And Your kids are going to be having fun. I know they're going to be nightmares. I want them to be a nightmare, honestly. Like I want them to be crazy because that's something that I felt like was kind of taken away from me as I grew up. I felt like, and I think a lot of people can relate, right? Like as we get older and become adults, we're 
we we have some constraints by mm. whether it be like corporate America or the corporate world in general. Mm-hmm. We have constraints by our families and people are judging the fuck out of us for everything that we do versus like, mm. hey, who cares? Like, just be who you want to be and do what you want to do. So, so I think I would tell my 18 year old self, like, don't follow the path of others. Just do what you want to truly do. And this is, you know, this is something that goes out to anybody, no matter how old you are or what life you've lived. Like, do your shit. Do what you want to do. And the rest will follow. You know, you do don't you, be boo-boo. afraid to. Exactly. And if that means that, you know, you got to go hop on OnlyFans and sell some nudes, like, fuck it. So be <laughs> it. Like, do what you got to do to survive and thrive. For real. And like in the grand scheme of things, especially when you mention finding who you really are as a person, um, do you feel that, and pairing that up with the judgment of others, do you feel that the reason why people are judging others is because they're insecure about themselves, like they haven't really found out who they really are yet, but they find some sense and comfort of pointing out flaws in other people? and kind of magnified with what they see in social media like oh i see posts of you getting your shit together supporting mental health all that other shit you see do you feel like that paired with the judgments of people to other people kind of block themselves of what they see within themselves absolutely (laughs) absolutely and I don't even think it's just that. I feel like when people are judging others, they're actually judging themselves, but projecting it onto other people, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, if I were to be like, hey, Brittany, you're ugly as fuck. I actually think I'm ugly as fuck, but I'm projecting it onto you because I don't want to take accountability for my own insecurities. (laughs) And so... When, you know, when we're aware of our judgments and how we perceive others, Mm -hmm. we can start to reflect on what that does for ourselves. When I judge other people, does that make me feel happy or does that actually make me feel like shit? I think 99% of the time, it's going to make you feel like shit, right? Yeah. Like, without a doubt, without a doubt. And a lot of the time, yes, judgment is based on the foundation of insecurities. It's like, because I don't have this, I feel like I need to judge this other person so that I can pretend to feel better about myself. But in actuality, I'm basically putting a barrier up so that I don't have to confront my own insecurities. But if we Mm. don't confront our own insecurities, how in the hell are we going to grow as people? Exactly. As human beings or as even a species living on this earth. And I think just being okay with our own insecurities and knowing like, hey, we got insecurities. It's cool to have insecurities. Everybody in this fucking world has insecurities. It's fine. Yeah. Just like failure, right? Same concept. Mm-hmm. It's okay to fail. Everybody fails. Everybody succeeds. Same mm. thing with insecurities and, and judgment. It's like, it's okay. We have insecurities, but what we can do is instead of judging people, why don't we try to compliment them about something? Why don't we try to find the good 
in them. Mm, yeah, trying to find the good in people, for sure. Mm-hmm. And finding the good in people brings it back to that selflessness. It means that you're thinking oppositely about that person as to your previous judgment in regard to them. And you're thinking, oh, no, this person actually offers X, Y, and Z to the world, or this person is actually really beautiful, or this person is super kind, this person is very selfless. When we think of people in this way, it makes us feel happier about ourselves as people. For sure. And it's just this, like, you know, circle of life, Lion King kind of shit. Like, okay, if Lion King taught anybody some shit, it's the fucking circle of life. It's the (laughs) fact that we're able to give our kindness to others and that circles back to us. The more kindness we give, the more, you know, that comes back to us. The more judgments we give, the more people are going to judge us. The more hate we give, the more people are going to hate us. And so in order for us to stay healthy, we just have to continue to love people and we just have to continue to accept them for who they are, right? For no sure. matter what they do. And okay, this is about to be some real shit right here. And I, I've never said this before ever. So here we go. If somebody killed someone, right? Mm-hmm. And they went to jail because they killed that person. Our society... I don't want, I can't speak for everybody. I'm just saying in general, I feel like believes that the right thing to do is to kill that person who killed. But in actuality, and this is the hardest thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Is to actually forgive that person for committing that crime. Is to forgive mm-hmm. that person because that person that killed is mm-hmm. actually hurting because if that person wasn't hurting that person wouldn't have killed somebody right that comes from a lot of insecurities so if yeah. we're able to understand and empathize with anybody literally anybody we just realize that it's okay you know and um, when I was reading Jay Shetty's book called Think Like a Monk, you guys got to read it. It's amazing. Noted. He talks about how this woman, um, her son basically got murdered mm-hmm. and how the guy went to jail. But she felt so empathetic that she actually started visiting the person who killed her son. Wow. And from that point on, when the murderer got out of jail, she started a foundation with him to essentially create a safe space for people that have had, um, you know, their children or their mother or their father murdered and to have them empathize with the people that killed versus hate on the people that took away their children or their parents or whatever. And she created this foundation because hate is just unnecessary. It's just such a strong feeling that fucks with your own mental health. So why not forgive and why not feel like it's okay? This happened. Yes, 
it is a terrible thing. Like I would never wish death upon anybody and right. I would never, you know, I would initially feel very salty if somebody, you know, murdered my family member or my friend or my boyfriend or whatever. Right. Like, I would feel salty as fuck, you know? Yeah. And that's just like the initial reaction that I feel like we would naturally have because that's what our society has shaped us to become. But yeah. if we, like that lady, forgave, murders wouldn't even fucking happen in the first place because we would all love each other. And that's right. the point where we want to get to as a society. Now, let me tell you this. It's probably going to take centuries for this to happen. And yes, maybe that's my limiting belief. Maybe we can do it faster. And I would love for us to do it faster. But mm -hmm. that's the mentality that we want to have. Because if we love each other and if we don't judge each other, nobody's going to want to fucking kill anybody. You know, that's it. Yeah, drop the mic. You said that's it, girl. <laughs> that's what's up. Love. That's it. Don't judge. <laughs> yeah well thank you vivian you definitely are so lit you're so passionate <laughs> about and you know i definitely feel like you're the type of person who practices what they preach like obviously it's hard and you know we're not going to be perfect at it but yeah no you're awesome and thank you so much for sharing everything your experiences your knowledge with us and just who you are yeah, thank you so much for Aww, joining us. Well, thank you. And thank you guys for having me and just jamming out with me. And it's been so great. And I'm so excited to meet in person. If you guys yes. are listening, we're all based in New York. So we're hey, hey, out in person. Rep, yep, rep. Yep. We are here. <laughs> and Thanks. this has been so much fun. And I honestly have not gotten to express myself um, like yeah. this. It's normally like oh, you know, like, tell us more about your career and all this shit as an <laughs> entrepreneur. And, and that shit can get tiring as fuck sometimes. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I love talking about that. But this is some real shit. And so I'm so thankful and I'm so glad that you guys asked me to be on this podcast. Thank you so, so much. I'm so appreciative. And I can't wait to continue this and continue to just see you guys on your journey with this. You know, this is some great stuff. Woohoo! Hooray. You are some great stuff. Thank uh, you. Thank you. I try. Bye. I try. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you. Remember. Oh, check out. Um, you have plugs, Vivian. Plug your your media. Release Where them all. Yes. 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 I got. Oh, yes. Okay. So if you guys want to follow me, because I'm eventually trying to have my own podcast called The Fake Hippie. I hope you you guys don't mind the self promotion. Oh no! No, 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 no. We'll put that. We'll put that in the description. <laughs> yeah, for real. Sick. Yeah. Um, so my IG handle is Vivian X Teresa. No H in Teresa. Spelt Vivian <laughs> spelt normally. V-I-V-I-A-N-X-T-E-R-E-S-A. -E you can just follow my personal page for now. On there, you'll see the links to my upcoming podcast in January 2021. And 21. then you guys will also see my business Instagram, which is kind of dead right now. But <laughs> to be honest, um, it's gonna get yeah, lit. feel free to yeah, just DM me if you guys want to. I'm more than happy to connect. And yeah, let's let's just jam out. Let's vibe out, yo. <laughs> Vibing. Thank you, baby. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, you guys, guys next so so time. much. Bye. Yeah. Like Bye, you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.